Hey, Goodson Morgan. Let's see what's going on on my subscriptions list. I already covered all the latest Midas Touch clips. All caught up. Oh, except for this one. This one's uh, seven minutes ago. Trump's back gets devastating news as it continues to crash and burn. Uh -huh. Auditor quits. Massive fraud. <laughs> Auditor quits, eh? Does that mean they won't be indicted? My neighbor showed me the app. Help me save on my kids' allergy pills. GoodRx can save you a lot of I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network with Donald Trump being indicted again, this time in Washington, D.C. for his crimes relating to the 2020 election and the January 6th insurrection. I thought, hey, Midas Mighty, let's check back in on what's going on with the Trump stack, Digital World Acquisition Company, and its, I guess, planned merger with Trump Media, which controls Donald Trump's... Uh, failing social media platform to social, and not surprisingly, more disastrous news now for Donald Trump and the stock. Um, most recently, what just took place is that the independent auditor for the Trump SPAC, Digital World Acquisition Company, a uh, auditor called Markham LLP, just resigned as the auditor uh, for Digital World Acquisition Company effective <laughs> July 27th, 2023, and we're just reading a new 8K Fascist traveling circus! <sighs> One of the things when you look through this 8K filing, uh, what it references is the, and this is a company self-reporting, uh, the lack of audit controls, the, the lack of financial controls, and that their financials at Digital World Acquisition Company, the term SPAC, cannot be relied upon. I want to go into the actual filing by the term SPAC, Digital World Acquisition Company, so I can just show you what it is they're reporting. So when Donald Trump tries to lie and go, oh, well, that's not what it's being said. It's in the filing of the SPAC, but... I also want to make a broader point here that this is how Donald Trump just runs everything he touches, right? There's a reason why almost every organization that he's started has gone bankrupt. There is a reason that he gets criminally investigated all the time because he commits crimes all the time. And here, where he even creates a social media company, there's multiple criminal investigations because he keeps committing crimes. And you see here, in this situation where there's a SPAC merger, which involves this kind of publicly traded blank check company, Digital World Acquisition Company, which is set to merge with the Trump company, uh, which is the Trump media, which controls through social. You see all of the issues as well, you know, and, and even as basic as Trump inflating financial, uh, financial valuations, right? Because when you go into Donald Trump's financial report, uh, for his candidacy, you see that he values the Trump media group as somewhere between five and, I think, $20 million or even less. Yet, what the SPAC claims that its target company that it's seeking to merge into is something that's at least $400 or $500 million valuation to $2 billion in valuation. So, again, it's just everything he does 
has this component of it that just lies. And then there's the fact that Trump's not paying his vendors. Trump doesn't have um, the trademark to True Social. All the criminal investigation, the loans. He takes out some shady loans. True Social did the actual social media company took out some shady loan from uh, some island in the Caribbean, Dominica, with links to Russia. Like, everything he does has this element. Here, let's pull open, though, this filing. The form 8K, just so you know, like, what an 8K is. I'll give you ba the, the basics of kind of SEC parlance. So, the, in a SPAC filing, the S1 is like the initial public offering filing for a SPAC. Uh, and S4 is the merger document when a SPAC um, seeks to merge into uh, a company, in this case, the Trump Media, they file an S-4 document that then has to be approved by the SEC to take the private company public. And then the 8Ks are material events that you have to post. So that's why this is called an 8K. And this 8K basically says by a letter dated July 27, 2023, Markham LLP, Markham notified the Audit Committee of Digital World Acquisition Company of its resignation. Markham's reports on the financial statements of the company for the years ended December 31, 2022 and 2021 did not contain any adverse opinion or disclaimer of opinion, nor was it qualified or modified as to uncertainty. During the two most recent fiscal years, ending December 31, 2022, and through the subsequent interim period up into and including the date of Markham's resignation, there was no disagreements between the parties. During the two, this is the most important part here, during the, most, during the two most recent fiscal years, ending December 31, 2022, and through the subsequent interim period preceding Markham's resignation, so from December 31, 2022, till about last week, um, there were the following reportable events within the meaning of securities law. As disclosed in item 4.02 of the company's current report on Form 8K, filed on May 24, 2023, the company's audit committee concluded, after discussion with the company's management and its advisors, that the company's audited financial statements as of and for the year ending December 31, 2022, including in the company's annual report on Form 10-K, should no longer be relied upon due to an error relating to the accounting for certain expenses in the previously error. issued financial statements as of and for the years ending December 31, 2022, as such error is further described in the next paragraph. As a result of such error, the company's management concluded such financial statement had to be restated that a material weakness existed in the company's internal control over financial reporting, that the company's disclosure controls and procedures were not effective as of December 31, 2022. The material weakness has not been remediated as of the date of this current report on Form 8K, and the company has not yet filed an amended Form 10K with such restated financial statements. Uh -huh. I want you to think about it. They're saying that their financial controls were improper, that their financials cannot be relied upon, That's and that their financials of um, guilt. have not been corrected as of the resignation 
of their audience. Shut it down. So when Donald Trump and all the MAGA Republicans in the House of Representatives whine and complain, oh, the SEC is being unfair to Donald Trump, they're not approving that the SPAC goes public yet. Your own people are saying that there was inappropriate financial control. Let the SEC saying that, oh, and by the way, the uh, Trump SPAC as well settled for 18 million dollars for engaging in fraud in the <laughs> S1 initial public <laughs> and in the S4 Mission in the of document, and they entered into a stipulation having to settle for 18 million dollars and the Trump SPAC digital world acquisition company admitted to their fraudulent conduct wow. in this decree order instituting cease and desist proceedings pursuant to section 8a this was uh, last month or Few weeks ago, order instituted cease and desist proceedings. More fraud by the fraud of the Securities Act. Mega, says, mega fraud, mega fraud. Materially false and misleading statements and omissions by Digital World Acquisition Company, a special purpose acquisition company that in October 2021 announced an agreement to merge with Trump Media and Technology Group, a social media company, in an amended S-1 filing with the commission in support of its initial IPO Digital World Acquisition Company stated that neither Digital World Acquisition Company nor its officers and directors had any discussions with any potential target companies prior to the IPO. In a form S-4 filed with the commission following the announcement of the proposed merger with Trump Media Group, Digital World Acquisition Company mischaracterized and omitted information about the history of its interactions with Trump Media. Just so you know, when the SPAC goes public originally, and then it finds its target company, a SPAC is not allowed to have communications about the merger with the target company until after it goes public. Otherwise, that's a violation of SEC laws. And then lying about it on your financials and your S1, S4, that constitutes fraud. And here, the SEC and Digital World Acquisition Company in settling is stipulating to that as well and saying that it's good. Oh, by the way, what happened two months ago, um, there was an indictment of one individual who was on the board of Digital World Acquisition Company and other individuals associated with the Trump's and Trump media, Michael Schwartzman, Gerald Schwartzman, and Bruce Garlick, who made more than $22 million in insider trading by knowing about this merger before other people knew about it. And this was criminal. They were indicted in the Southern District of New York. So there are criminal charges. And by the way, one of the key deadlines that's now like a shell company this tells you everything you need to know about Trump. I'm going to show you right here in one of the uh, filings, uh, one of the 8K filings, another financial by Digital World Acquisition Company. So Trump didn't even want to approve the settlement agreement. Injunction against him doing fucking business. Digital World Acquisition Company, the uh, public uh, company that's merging with it. He wants to blame them, have them hold the bag, throw them under the bus. But here's the thing as well that sophisticated investors are aware about because you have to read these documents, but which non-sophisticated retail investors are being manipulated over. And it's in this it's, it's, uh, place, uh, this portion of the 8K um, that says extension of the business combination disagreement. And so the merger has to take place right now by September 8th, 2023. And if the merger does not take place by September 8th, 2023, then the SPAC goes out of business 
totally out of business. Um, the SPAC, Digital World Acquisition Company, wants an extension. It needs an extension, because as you've seen from earlier in this video, it doesn't even have audited financial statements, and its auditor just quit. So there's no way it's ready by September 8th of 2023. So what's Trump's position? Does he want to get an extension? No. Extension of business combination disagreement. And what it says here is that um, it says, pursuant to an email, Trump Media Group believes it is currently only bound under the merger agreement through September 8th, 2023. Given the historical liquidation date extension preceding Trump Media's acknowledgement that it was correspondingly bound through September 8th, 2023, under the merger agreement, the extension preliminary proxy seeking an extension structure consistent with such historical extension uh, and Trump media position that it nonetheless only bound through September 8th, 2023, in addition to Trump media's continued delay in providing various deliverables to the company under the merger agreement required to consummate a business combination, Digital World Acquisition Company expects to work with Trump Media in good faith to address the situation. So what they're saying is, is that Trump, the Trump group is refusing to give the extension it needs and is not even delivering the documents that Digital World Acquisition Company needs to complete the transaction. And here's also why it all matters. One, because Donald Trump's a total criminal and everything he does is a crime, essentially, right? Like, over and over again, crime, 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 crime. Incompetent. You see how incompetent this is being uh, handled right here. Um, but also, who's really getting screwed over here? As part of Trump's grip, he's always screwing over people. Like, retail investors are getting screwed over. When Digital World Acquisition Company reached a settlement with the SEC, anybody who read it knew that. That's not a good thing for Digital World Acquisition Company. But retail investors thought it was a good thing, so sophisticated investors basically exploited them. The stock rose 55%, and then it started trading at $20 a share. And then what happened very recently? Crashing back down to where it was. Now it's at like $15 a share. And I've always been a crash and burn. And people just keep on losing their money and losing their life savings um, because of conduct like this. But we need to get into the weeds. We need to read what these filings are. And you see, it's criminal filings and incompetence and fraud over and over again. And then he wants to say, oh, it's the SEC coming after me. No, this is what you need. These are the documents of the SPAC that's merging into you. We're just reading it. So, yeah, that's, that's the end I got my sellers from the Vice subscribe to our own over 1.5 million subscribers. Thanks for your support. Check us out at patreon.com slash money stuff. Wherever you get audio podcasts, subscribe to I think I'll post that as a this report. Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram at Midas Touch. Keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us. Share. Create post.
Schwarz. Direct by fraud. Direct. Uh, Trump's truth. So she'll have his name associated with fraud. Racked and wrecked. to go down in flames. Wall Street Journal. Hashtag economics. Shut him down. Shut him down. Shut him down. Shut him down. Call. Call DOJ. DOJ. Demand you disqualify. is disqualified from office too.
Fucking Agolf Shidler. Agolf. Shidler. Christopher Perez. Trump for prison. Oh, it's a peaceful morning. I want to go outside and do some gardening. What should we listen to next? Okay, one man crime spree. Crush and burn, crush and burn. This is pretty cool. Let's, wow, it's a lot of fucking writing, sister. <laughs> Let's see here. I fuck face trap.
Okay, let's see here. I'll read this in a second. Oh, yeah. Okie doke. Let's see if y'all are still there. Yeah, you are. Wow. Lucky you. So, um, thanks for tuning in, and uh, thanks for 220K. Love you the best. See you next time. Bye. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Okay, so here we go. <clears throat> this is probably not going to, um, you know, make it, because it's got a phone number. It's got the DOJ phone number, and they always they always delete my, um, my comments if it has a phone number. So, um, so I'm reading it. Okay. Maybe I will, uh, maybe I'll repost it and take the phone numbers out, see if that works. Okay, so here we go. A one man's crime spree. Trump's true social racked it here. Get this, uh, get the microphone going. About a little coffee, more coffee, and then after I finish reading this, I'll do some gardening. I need to rake the yards, which will put all kinds of great um, seedlings into my pots. Then, oh, mesquites, mesquite trees are very, very valuable. So, I want to be like, uh, this place is zoned as a nursery, my, 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 uh, little eco ranch. Reiki Southwest Gardens, Nurseries, and hash, Hatchery. Gardens, Nursery, and Hatchery, I think that sounds lovely. Like, uh, all kind of, like, um, all kind of tied together. Okay, right. Hit him! Hit him! Okie doke. Here we go. Actually, here's, here's an idea. Just, uh... You know, I'm getting... I'm just gradually getting, getting down a, uh, like, a routine that uh, suits my purposes. I want to be able to... Shut him down. I think it's an important thing to do right now. I mean, like...
Okay. Show up to my job. Should consider it just like showing up to my job. <clears throat> Ayo. Put to uh, you know, like a good makeup. And lighting. Lighting in the morning is quite nice. Lights. And uh, the, the um, software, hardware <coughs> setup. Okay, 10 minutes. Quite bright. Oh, <clears throat> okay, so I'm setting up the other device, telling me this so that uh, <clears throat> you can also uh, start your own room. If I could set it up like that. Hi there, I'm Christopher Price. I'm going to start doing these news updates. So follow and subscribe for more. Here we go. One man crime spree. Trump's truth social. Racked and wrecked by fraud. Trump's true social wrecked and rocked. One man crime spree. The name of this article is One Man Crime Spree. It's a video opinion for the New York Times. One man crime spree. Trump's truth social wrecked and wrecked by fraud. Independent auditor quits. Just the latest Trump deal to go down in flames with insider trading. Trump's truth social SPAC forced to pay $18 million fine for insider trading. Old Trumpy Diaperdon should lose his right to do business anywhere. Shut him down. Call the DOJ and demand Agolf Schittler's disqualified from office, too, while you're at it.
Call the DOJ and demand this pernicious, treasonous sleaze bag. His words, not mine. His words, not mine. Demand the DOJ disqualifies. Demand he is. Uh, Demand he is disqualified and also thrown in prison for pretrial incarceration since he's attacking the judges and judges' daughters, etc. Stop giving this worst criminal in human history preferential treatment. It's just encouraging him and he's grifting so much. Shut down his pack too. America first pack. Shut it down. It's under investigation anyway. These trials need to be public. He's been indicted on the most serious crimes in our legal history. The American people deserve to see what is really going on. His supporters need to see it since the right-wing media in this country, which controls it with four corporations that control all of our media. It's all fake news. So yeah, we're polarized. And yeah, it's even tanking Biden's uh, approval ratings by the smear campaign. A coordinated smear campaign by Republicans. Because that's all they've got. And also, I'll say it a million times if I have to. The Republicans act so batshit crazy because they're trying to distract us from locking them all up for the January 6th insurrection. And big F you to Congress for always rolling over and playing dead. They shouldn't have been sworn in in the first place. Which leads me to another task that we must all undertake. We must demand the charges and removal from office of 160 plus Republican traitors and terrorists who took part in the insurrection. We have something in this country, it's called the U.S. Constitution. Fourteenth Amendment, Section 3, clearly states no insurrectionists may hold office. So get rid of them now. We must make demands. Like Frederick Douglass said, agitate, 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 and power. Power concedes nothing without demand. So let's make demands. Get off of your couch.
Get off of your couch, America. Get off your knees. I know we're all traumatized. As if an, as an Oxford scholar, as an Oxford award-winning scholar, researcher, and multimedia journalist and comedian, I'll be the first to remind everybody, we are all traumatized by this malignant, narcissistic, psychopath. Ask Yale University, Dr. Bandy Lee. And a hu and all the mental health professionals who have been sounding the alarm about this individual for years, but you're not listening. Listen. Shut down his pack. It's grifting and defrauding his supporters. I'm the only presidential candidate calling for the suspension of the Republican Party for cheating in elections, persecuting minorities and immigrant groups. And, of course, the January 6th insurrection. Did y'all forget about that or what? Why hasn't the Justice Department, our Justice Department, charged, indicted, removed, disqualified all of these insurrectionists? It's where the Midas Mighty comes in handy. And all you proud democracy loving Americans. Bless your hearts. We need you to make some noise, make some free phone calls for democracy. Like JFK said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I'm the only presidential candidate calling for Trump's immediate disqualification and incarceration as he's a menace to society like we've never seen.
and the way I see it, there are too many uber criminals running around free. Too many unindicted co-conspirators in the January 6th insurrection. So make some noise. Call the DOJ. It's a free phone call. Call all three branches of government. Write down the numbers on your desk like I do. Or memorize the numbers even better. And call every day. Consider it your patriotic duty as an American to speak up right now to save your democracy because otherwise we are sliding into a shithole kind of vibe. With loss of rights across the boards. And it's because we're not holding them accountable. And they're emboldened. Have a great day, y'all. Love you the best. And keep the faith. I'm Christopher Press, and I approve of this message.
demands the charges and removal from office of 160 plus Republican traitors and terrorists who took part in the insurrection. We have something in this country that's called the U.S. Constitution. 14th Amendment, Section 3 clearly states, no insurrectionists may hold office. So get rid of them now. We must make demands. Like Frederick Douglass said, agitate, agitate, agitate. And power concedes nothing without demand. So let's make demands. Get off of your couch, America. Get off your knees. I know we're all traumatized. As an Oxford award-winning scholar, researcher, and multimedia journalist and comedian, I'll be the first to remind everybody we are all traumatized by this malignant, narcissistic psychopath. Ask Yale University, Dr. Bandy Lee, and all the mental health professionals who have been sounding the alarm about this individual for years. But you're not listening. Listen! Shut down his pack. It's scripting and defrauding his supporters. I'm the only presidential candidate calling for the suspension of the Republican Party for cheating in elections, persecuting minorities and immigrant groups, and, of course, the January 6th insurrection. Did y'all forget about that or what? Why hasn't the Justice Department, our Justice Department, charged, indicted, removed, disqualified all of these insurrectionists? Where the Midas Mighty comes in handy. And all you pro-democracy-loving Americans, bless your hearts. We need you to make some noise, make some free phone calls for democracy. Like JK, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I'm the only presidential candidate calling for Trump's immediate disqualification and incarceration, as he's a menace to society like we've never seen. And the way I see it, there are too many uber criminals running around free. Too many unindicted co-conspirators in the January 6th insurrection. So make some noise. Call the DOJ. It's a free phone call. Call all three branches of government. Write down the numbers on your desk like I do. Or memorize the numbers. Even better. And call every day. Consider it your patriotic duty as an American to speak up right now to save your democracy because otherwise we are sliding into a shithole kind of vibe <laughs> with loss of rights across the board. It's because we're not holding them accountable and they're emboldened. Have a great day, y'all. Love you the best. And keep the faith. I'm Christopher Price, and I approve of this message. Hi there, I'm Christopher Price. I'm going to start doing these news updates, so follow and subscribe for more. Here we go. The name of this article is One Man Crime Spree. It's a video opinion for the New York Times. One Man Crime Spree. Trump's Truth Social Racked and. Guten Abend, America. How's your freaking German? Doing some programming, some caught up till four in the morning. So basically six o'clock. Uh, no downloads from picture of the census. 
Missing hunter found dead in the Dean Hills recreation area. Good. Don't go hiking alone. You're welcome, America. Thanks for 220K. Now to just a tragic story developing tonight. A missing valley hiker, Jessica Lindstrom, found dead, overcome by the extreme heat. Police and community members have been out searching for hours for her at the Dean Hills Rec area. That's near 51st Avenue in Happy Valley. That's where we find our Ashley Paredes tonight. And Ashley, uh, you spoke with Jessica's family tonight. Yeah, such a tragic situation. Her parents live in Peoria, and we're told other families were actually here visiting from California since one of Jessica's children were getting baptized tomorrow. Instead, many of them were out here today helping with these search efforts. I, I heard somebody yell out that, that uh, they had found somebody, so that's when everybody started kind of gravitating Vincent among dozens of hikers helping in the search Friday for 34-year-old Jessica Lindstrom and was there when they made the tragic discovery. A speedy trial is coming. So friends, Trump's threatening I Donald Trump's arraignment on his third criminal indictment. This one is federal indictment in Washington, D.C. for his efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. And at his arraignment, some and even unusual things happen. Let's talk about that. Because, because justice, justice matters. Matters. Justice. Justice. Justice matters. Justice. 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 It really does. Yeah. Hey all. Glenn Kirshner here. So friends, I attended Donald Trump's third arraignment in his third criminal case in federal court in Washington, D.C. Frankly, my old stomping grounds in the courthouse where I used to try RICO cases. And I want to talk about how the arraignment hearing unfolded. What I saw in that courtroom, now I'll say I wasn't in the courtroom proper. It was a very small arraignment courtroom. But they broadcast with four cameras everything that went on in that courtroom to an overflow courtroom. So I was in the overflow courtroom, but I had a real-time bird's-eye view of how the arraignment played out. And I want to talk to you about what I saw, my impressions of what I saw, and I want to highlight three things in particular. But let's start with Donald Trump's entrance. You know, he just kind of lumbered in, you know, almost... Um, wearing his sort of typically unusually bright blue suit with a white shirt and the red tie that is always too long. Frankly, I always think of those red rolls of licorice that I used to get as a kid. You know, you unroll it and eat it, and it's a really long red roll. You know, I don't think mm -hmm. Donald Trump has ever found a confident ever. So. special counsel who's prosecuting him, but Jack Smith seemed to kind of be locked on Donald Trump like a laser beam, <laughs> literally and figuratively. 
And then the proceeding got underway. Now, a magistrate judge presided over this proceeding, not the assigned judge, Judge Tanya Chutkin, who I'll talk about in a minute. It is entirely usual for a magistrate judge, a lower-level judge, to handle preliminary hearings in a case, like an arraignment hearing. The magistrate judge explained to the defendant the four charges, the four counts on which he had been indicted. Donald Trump predictably entered a plea of not guilty. And then there are three things that played out, some of which were pretty unusual in my experience, having handled countless arraignments over my 30 years as a prosecutor. And I want to sort of talk through the more unusual aspects of the arraignment hearing. So the first was, even though a magistrate judge presided over these hearings, the specter of Judge Tanya Chutkin, the assigned judge, sort of permeated the proceedings, hung over the courtroom. Here's why I say that. Ordinarily, during an arraignment hearing, the magistrate judge will say to the parties, all right, uh, I'm going to set a status hearing about 30 days down the road, and I'm going to ask the parties, the prosecution and the defense, to bring their calendars, bring their trial schedules to the next status hearing, and we'll begin to talk about setting a trial date. That's not the way it played out in this arraignment hearing. The magistrate judge said, I've consulted with Judge Chutkin, and here is what she wants done. Prosecutors, you will file a brief with the court in seven days, setting out your proposed trial date and informing the court how long you think your case in chief will last. Case in chief being the amount of time that the prosecution will need to present its evidence. She then turned to the defense. Uh, defense attorney, you will file a brief with the court seven days after the government files its brief, so 14 days from now. You will set out your proposed trial date and about how long you think the defense case will take to present. Then we will reassemble. Actually, you will appear before Judge Chutkin on August 28th. 25 days from now, and Judge Chutkin will set a trial date. All of that was a little bit more definitive than is usual in an arraignment hearing. What that made clear is that Judge Chutkin is prepared to set a trial date on August 28th, and I have a feeling it will be a speedy trial date. Now let me say as an aside, I know Judge Tanya Chutkin. I know her primarily from the time we used to try murder cases against one another across the street from Federal District Court in the Superior Court for the District of Columbia. Because you see, for about a decade, she was a public defender in the District of Columbia. I was an assistant United States attorney at the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office trying murder cases, prosecuting homicide cases, and we had some murder cases against each other. And I went to trial against uh, then defense counsel, Tanya Chutkin, now Judge Chutkin. And what I can tell you about Judge Chutkin is that she is a smart, strong, tactically savvy, fierce, fearless defense attorney. 
she also is honest, honorable, ethical, trustworthy, and frankly, a pleasure to try a case against. I always enjoyed trying cases against not only good, accomplished defense attorneys, but honorable and trustworthy defense attorneys. I don't always say it was a pleasure to try a case against a particular defense attorney. Sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't. But um, I enjoyed and appreciated the work of defense attorney Tanya Chutkin. She then went into private practice for a few years, and about a decade ago, she was appointed to the federal bench in Washington, D.C. by President Barack Obama. And she is a tough, no-nonsense, um, accomplished judge, jurist. And I think what I would say about her is what I would say about any judge who, uh, who is smart, no-nonsense, doesn't suffer fools. Judge Chutkin don't play. And I think Donald Trump and his defense team have met their match in Judge Tanya Chutkin. In many ways, she seems to be the anti-Judge Aileen Cannon, the Trump-appointed judge on the documents case down in Florida, who the appellate court said abused her discretion in favor of Donald Trump and was reversed for it. So Judge Chutkin is an excellent draw for Donald Trump's uh, Washington, D.C. criminal prosecution. That was one interesting thing. Now, when the magistrate judge told the defense counsel, you will submit a brief to the court with a proposed trial date, the defense counsel, a guy named John Lauro, complained incessantly Went, went there three times, I think, with his complaining and his whining. Judge, we can't possibly set uh, a trial date or propose a trial date because, goodness gracious, we have no idea how much discovery, how much evidence the government will provide to us, how much we're going to have to pour through, how much time we're going to need. We can't possibly propose a trial date. And after hearing him and indulging him, uh, the magistrate judge said, I hear you. You will propose a trial date in the brief that you file with the court 14 days from now. During his complaining, the defense attorney, John Lauro, said something that I have never in 30 years prosecuting cases heard a defense attorney say in or out of court. Here's what he said. This comes from page 14 of the transcript. I have since um, obtained a copy of the transcript, but when he said this, I was sitting in court, and my pulse quickened, and I rose to anger, and I was trying to furiously um, take down verbatim contemporaneous notes, um, because I'd never heard anything like this. I'm glad I now have a transcript. Fortunately, my contemporaneous notes were largely accurate. On page 14 of the transcript, here's what he says. Thank you, Your Honor. Obviously, in a case of this magnitude, there might be a massive amount of discovery and information that we would have to look through in order to make that determination a proposed trial date. We expect to vigorously address every single issue in this matter on behalf of Mr. Trump and 
on behalf of the American people. Hey, you know, this time of year, we all keep getting pinged with political fundraising asks. But here's the thing. Giving five or ten bucks, whatever you can, to Joe Biden's campaign makes a real difference. Let me tell you why. From a guy who's won a couple of these. Donations from grassroots supporters like you. On behalf of the American people, who do you think you represent, sport? You represent the interests of the defendant solely and exclusively. You know full well, because I think you used to be a prosecutor. You don't represent the interests of the American people. You don't raise issues on behalf of the American people. That's what the prosecutors do. That's what I did for 30 years. That is misleading. It's a mischaracterization. It's borderline disinformation, if not outright propaganda. What did he try to do there? To what level did he stoop? You know what he was trying to do there. How many times recently have you heard Donald Trump spit out this nonsense? They're not coming after me. They're coming after you. They're not prosecuting me. They're prosecuting you. Of course, that's nonsense. They're prosecuting Donald Trump for his crimes. They're not prosecuting others for those crimes. But Donald Trump is trying to whip up anger and resentment and a sense that somehow the fact that the Department of Justice, that federal prosecutors, that special counsel is bringing, has brought charges against Donald Trump is somehow an indictment or a slight of Donald Trump's supporters. Unfortunately, we've come to expect that from Donald Trump, but I did not in a million years expect any criminal defense attorney to stoop to the level of mimicking or parroting that in court. We'll be raising issues on behalf of the American people. No, you won't. And I actually wrote in my notes, shut your mouth. I was angry because that's not the role of any criminal defense attorney. And he knows it, and he has sunk, stooped to his client's level, and he is trying to whip up anger just the way his client does. I hope he's taken to task for that. I hope there's an ethics complaint filed with his state bar for that. I hope Judge Tanya Chutkin, either on or before August 28th, tells him, you will put that trick back into your trick bag and you will not pull it out again because you don't represent or raise issues on behalf of the American people and you know it. You know better. Don't stoop to your client's level. So yes, that got me angry. It got me exercised. It got me agitated. And I hope that the judge puts a stop to it. And friends, the magistrate judge also put Donald Trump on notice of his conditions of release, what he must do and what he must refrain from doing. Here is what the magistrate judge told him. Your most important condition of release, sir, is that you not commit a state, 
federal or local crime while on release. If you were to do so, again, a warrant may be issued for your arrest, your conditions of release may be revoked, and you may be held pending trial in this case. You may also face a longer sentence for having committed a crime while on release in this case. In a moment, I will set the next court date in this matter. It is important, Mr. Trump, that you appear for that court date and all future court dates set, set in this case unless the district judge orders otherwise. Failure to do so may result in a warrant being issued for your arrest, your conditions of release being revoked, and you being held pending trial in this case. You may also face an additional criminal charge for failure to appear in court. Friends, here comes the important part. Finally, sir, I want to remind you that it is a crime to try to influence a juror or to threaten or attempt to bribe a witness or any other person who may have information about your case or to retaliate against anyone for providing information about your case to the prosecution or to otherwise obstruct the administration of justice. Do you understand these warnings and consequences, sir? And Trump, the defendant, said, yes. And friends, not 24 hours after the magistrate judge put the defendant on these conditions of release, these restrictions, these prohibitions, not to influence a juror, not to threaten a witness, not to retaliate against anyone, not to obstruct justice, what did Donald Trump just post? If you go after me, I'm coming after you. So it looks like Donald Trump may have already violated his conditions of release. You know, friends, for a long time, I have been advocating that Donald Trump should be detained pending trial. The law provides that if there's clear and convincing evidence that a defendant who is pending trial poses a danger to the community or is a flight risk, but in this case poses a danger to the community, he is to be detained pending trial. Donald Trump is just up the ante because not only is he clearly and convincingly a danger to the community, he has now also violated the conditions of release that were placed on him less than 24 hours ago by the magistrate judge. I suspect Judge Tanya Chutkin is going to have a little something to say about that. Because justice matters. Friends, as always, please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again tomorrow. Hey, if you're a homeowner and your roof looks like this, I need you to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. In this video, you'll discover how you can qualify for a special homeowners program that can help you get a brand new roof installed with the potential to save thousands. Best of all, there's no money down. So if you've been in the market looking to repair or replace your roof, this might be the most important video you see all day. Hi, I'm Corey, and our mission is to make sure that anyone that needs a new roof has a quality roof 
protecting their family during these hard times. We have helped thousands of homeowners get new roofs at the very best price through this limited time program. And now I want to show you how you can be next. The new roof program is a unique and exciting opportunity Because justice matters. Justice, justice, justice matters. Justice, 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 it really does. You how you can be next. The new root program. Hi, folks. Good evening, everyone. Did Donald Trump just perhaps violate the conditions of his release? Former President threatening retaliation just 24 hours after yes his third indictment, when a judge warned him, by the way, against intimidating or tampering with witnesses. Take a look. Come on, lock him up. On social media, he was writing, quote, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. Kind of a way of saying, don't come for me till I send for you, apparently. We'll talk about all that in a moment with our law expert who testified at one of his impeachment hearings. But first, Trump also railed against the charges against him at an event in Alabama just a short time ago. Every one of these many fake charges filed against me by the corrupt Biden DOJ could have been filed two and a half years ago. They didn't want to do it two and a half years ago. They wanted to wait. And they did wait. They waited right to the middle of an election. And they waited until I became the dominant force in the polls. They want to interfere in my campaign. They want to interfere in the elections. They commonly use tactic in third world countries. This all comes as his lawyers and his allies continue to float, well, some possible defenses in the election interference case. He's now asking the Supreme Court to intervene. I'm going to get right to the news with tonight with CNN anchor and chief domestic correspondent Jim Acosta, who, by the way, will be here at 11 o'clock tonight. I'm excited right. to see you this evening as well. Um, Jim, we look to you. You have so much experience having followed this man on the trail. I don't know if you like being Too synonymous much. at times with, it, with, with Donald Trump or not, but not for the same reasons. He is floating this idea, as you have seen. Look, they're coming after me but they really want to get to you, and I'm standing in between. Yeah. We've heard this a lot. Why does this have legs? Yeah, he's been saying this for months now. I am your retribution. If uh, They're coming after me. Uh, I'm just standing in the way uh, of them coming after you, that kind of thing. And, you know, honestly, I think um, he's doing this because he. what other choice does he have? Uh, but to cast uh, all of these legal troubles as a plot against the rest of the country. I mean, he's been a fan of spinning these kinds of lies and conspiracy theories ever since he started running for president way back in 2015. And, you know, he, he was uh, talking in very threatening terms about Jack Smith, the special counsel, calling him deranged and that sort of thing. And, you know, Laura, what he's going to do throughout this campaign with these uh, cases all pending and these indictments uh, pending is he's going to dance right up to the line. He's going to go over it from time to time. Um, going after a the, lot of the time. A lot of the time, going after the judge, uh, the, the lawyers, the prosecutors, uh, Democrats up on Capitol Hill, his political opponents inside the Republican Party. He's going to continue uh, to play this this hand because it's the hand that he's always played. Um, you know, I've covered him, as you said, for, for years now. And, you know, going back all the way to the 2016 campaign, he has a talent for um, creating this climate, this environment where it feels like political violence could break out at any moment. He wants the country 
frightened in a state of almost political terror all of the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because that, that is the kind of environment that he, he tends to um, do well in. And so I don't suspect that he's going to change this, this way of uh, behavior. At Nordstrom Rack, find great brands at great prices. Save big on go-to denim, fall's best jackets, and more. Rack your look with amazing deals on brands you that he's going to change this this way of uh, behaving at all. He's going to try to exploit this. I was talking to a Trump advisor earlier today who said they, they believe wholeheartedly that they can delay these cases until after the election. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have to worry about uh, winning the Republican Party uh, contest. They think they've got the, the nomination already wrapped up. And in the general election battle between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, as we saw back in 2016, all it takes is for Donald Trump to get a little bit of luck and for his Democratic opponent to have a little bit of bad luck, like that Comey letter 11 days before the 2016 election, and he has a chance of getting back in there. Well, you know, when you think about it, what is the famous line in Game of Thrones, chaos is a ladder. Yeah. He certainly is climbing it. It's not the first politician to be able to say, hey, if there's enough pot stirring, if there's a lot, enough going on right here, perhaps the periphery and anyone who's in it will be lost in all of this. Exactly. The polling does hold him quite strong. And he's even had the, some say the audacity to say, look, I just need one more indictment. And then it's like, I've got a straight flush for some reason, yeah. a fourth indictment. He believes this is going to be an additional feather in his cap. And frankly, I mean, I remember so well when you were at so many of his rallies and we could tell in front of the cameras, there would be people who were vicious Behind the cameras, they couldn't wait to get a picture with you. There was this duality that was going on that you often seems mirror in the Republican Party of his allies today. Of publicly, they say one thing; privately, something else. Is there a moment that you're seeing, reporting-wise and politically, where maybe the two will meet and the sort of gloves come off? Uh, you know, I, I really, I, I think what you see is what you get. I mean, Donald Trump is crazy like a fox, and you know he is going to continue to push the envelope. Uh, do everything uh, but uh, violate the very specific orders of this uh, federal judge that were handed out as arraignment yesterday. He may even violate them uh, to some extent. Uh, he is going to dare and tempt uh, any judge overseeing any of these cases to come after him and lock him up uh, during these proceedings. They are starting to see this inside of Trump world as a winning hand. Uh, a fourth indictment might be four aces as far as they're concerned at this point. And to some extent, and, and this is not meant as a criticism of the Justice Department or of the Attorney General Merrick Garland, but by waiting as long as they did, they did sort of in welcome this, this possibility that Donald Trump could say, hey, wait a minute, that you're doing this because we're right in the middle of a campaign. Now, obviously, you know, the folks who will defend the Justice Department uh, and, the, uh, and the Attorney General will say, no, it just took this long to get to this point. Well, it took too long uh, in that it came right in the middle of this campaign process. And, of course, we may not see indictments brought to a trial until well into the Republican primaries of, of the next year. And who knows what happens after that? You know, Laura, the other big question is, what does the Republican Party do with all of this? I mean, I don't think anybody's contemplated, you know, what does the GOP do if Donald Trump is somehow tried and convicted and sentenced to jail right before the Republican convention next year or right after the Republican convention next year? The Constitution what, doesn't say he can't, or, right? That's right. What are they going to do about that? I don't think they've fully thought this through either. So while there's a lot of, you know, doomsday scenarios and gloom and doom about, oh, Donald Trump could get back in the White House, there's certainly a lot of gloom and doom to the Republican side of the aisle, too. I don't think they've fully thought through how this could really blow up in their faces next year.
Stay tuned for the tumbleweed that's getting ready to go down the wild, wild that's west true. yet again. We're in uncharted territory yet yeah. again. Here we are. Except that this is now the third, and we're all quite accustomed to the indictment cycle at this point. Jim Acosta, stick around. We're going right. to see him, everyone, at 11 o'clock as yeah. well. I want to unpack more of what we're talking about here. I want to bring in Michael Gerhardt, who's a law professor at the University of North Carolina. It's nice to see you, my friend. You know, um, I think I can almost hear you thinking right now when it comes to any conversation about the notion of witness intimidation, voting rights, deprivation, all these aspects that have been swirling around the president, former president of the United States. Tonight, Trump is saying that they could have charged him right after leaving office, but putting aside that the documents didn't become an issue, obviously, until after he left office. But those are just minor details. That's actually not how investigations work, right? Tell me about the timeline that he is, that the DOJ is often criticized for. Do you see that timeline as problematic? I don't see that timeline as problematic. Uh, and, and I see it that way uh, for the following reason, that we've got um, two things going on right now. One is all about politics. One is obviously the campaigning. And what Trump is doing is he's providing all this political rhetoric and he's appealing to his base. But the other thing that should be going on is how the legal system works. And politics, on the one hand, moves much faster than the legal process works on the other. The thing about courts and a prosecutor is they take time to build their case. They follow the evidence. And so Jack Smith has done that. It takes a while. But meanwhile, um, Trump can uh, occupy that space by making it sound as if Oh, they're just dragging their heels. No, they're doing their job. This is what a professional prosecutor does. It takes time to build a case and then to present it. And the political world is going to be moving much faster, so it can sort of try and uh, deflect people's attention from what's going on in the legal world. I mean, it's called due process, not right. due quickness, right? I mean, right. bureaucracy is not really known for its expedience oftentimes. But I remind people, it's not that Jack Smith was the special counsel on, say, I don't know, January 7th, right? right. He has That's just right. recently, relatively speaking, come on in this position. And they've had a lot of prosecutions of people who actually entered into the Capitol. They have not been dragging into respect to many of that. Case in point, this judge, Today, like other judges, has a lot of experience now with um, conversations surrounding the sentencing of of January 6th, insurrectionists and beyond. Also, wait, this is breaking news. We're just getting in as well. Um, we now have word that the special counsel has now cited Trump's truth social post tonight. You know, I was getting ready, Michael, to ask you about this very truth social post that says, if you go after me,
social post that says, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. And I was going to ask you, is this problematic in the eyes of the prosecution? Well, tonight they are now asking for a protective order. That's what we know, at least right now. Tell me, when you saw this post, what was your first reaction? My first reaction is Trump just stepped over a line again. In other words, that Trump just ma makes it a business of trying not just to push boundaries, but ignore them. And even though he's been counseled by numerous people, as well as the judge, not to threaten, not to use his rhetoric to sort of go after uh, people, including the prosecutor, what does Trump do? He immediately does that. So that's a political move that Trump just made. And that political move makes him popular with the base. But on the legal side, he just broke another law. You know, it almost reminds me, I think there'll be arguments someone will make. You know, you see like little kids will do that with their siblings. I'm not touching you. They're almost close to your face, but not touching you, not touching you. Maybe it's my kids in my own household. But some would look at that same post and they would say, it's not specific. He didn't name a particular witness. He didn't threaten a particular named person. The judge's name is not in there. Any of the witnesses who might be in there or even the unnamed co-conspirators who have not yet been indicted and at least visibly in any of the pleadings. Is there an argument to be made that it's so vague that a protective order would essentially lead to the next talking point that says, oh, I can't say anything? I, I don't think this, this statement that he's just gotten in trouble for is, is vague. It served its political purpose. It tried to make, it made him look powerful. He got to sort of look like the boss. Um, but legally, he's just got himself in trouble again. Um, and I think one thing to sort of keep in mind is that Trump is having trouble um, trying to maintain balance in both the political world and the legal world. The, the more heated he gets in the political world, the worse trouble he's going to get in the legal world. And right now, you know, Trump has a history of intimidating witnesses. Uh, he has a history of sort of inviting violence. And the thing to do, as you well know, uh, if you're trying to figure out if somebody is posing a danger, is you infer from the circumstances and from the language what may be that person's purpose or what's the effect of what they're doing. And that's what we can do with Donald Trump. We can infer from that language, oh, he's trying to heat, heat up the crowd, uh, hopefully producing another riot. And at the same time, we can infer from that language, he's not acting in good faith. That's not a, a statement that somebody's really you know, going to comply with the law. It's somebody who's going to operate according to the Old West and just come after them. You know, I hear also, and in my, in my, my prosecutorial brain is churning right now, Michael, and I'm saying, you know what, every word has to be precise in the way that you present it to the court. And I have used the word witness. But another word that could be used, co-defendant. Mm -hmm. Right. The other words that could be used here, given the allegations, at least in the superseding indictment involving the Mar-a-Lago documents. And again, this is not necessarily a case specific truth social post. It could be broad and another number of realms. He does have at least three indictments. Mm -hmm. um, but it could be it could be viewed by special counsel as a warning to those who might be incentivized or willing to testify whether they are yet unnamed or somebody who shares a, a portion of a caption. There's a lot to unpack here. I bet this judge is already on notice. I suspect knowing that this judge has done a lot was already um, having those sort of judge spidey senses. Michael Gerhardt, thank you so much. Good evening, I'm Jim Acosta. Thanks for joining me tonight. Our breaking news this hour, Special Prosecutor Jack Smith is reacting to this threat from former President Donald Trump on Truth Social today. It says it right there, quote, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. Now the special prosecutor is asking for a protective order, saying if Trump 
were to begin posting details from grand jury transcripts, it could have a chilling effect on witnesses. Remember, this is just 24 hours after his arrest and arraignment in his third indictment over election interference and after the judge warned him against making threats. Uh, let's go straight to John Dean. He's the former Nixon White House counsel. And uh, John, you and I have spoken about uh, this and Donald Trump so many times. Um, but, you know, as I was discussing with one of our producers before uh, this program got started in, in the past, you know, we would talk about Donald Trump's tweets and his social media posts and, and wonder what the impact might be. But it sounds as though the special counsel in this case, Jack Smith, is is really seizing on this very inflammatory, threatening sounding post from Donald Trump on Truth Social and alerting it to the judge, the government arguing that the restrictions that they're seeking are necessary to prevent Trump from publicly disclosing sensitive discovering information. Can you walk us through what this means? Yeah, it looks like the uh, the post from Trump came out while they were working on a uh, on a motion to agree upon a protective order in general to exchange discovery material. And this obviously caught their attention. This is not the sort of norm uh, that they're used to dealing with. But we also all know, after watching Trump for many, many years now in court proceedings, particularly those where he's a target, uh, that he, he likes to play the bad boy. He likes to threaten. He likes to control witnesses. He likes to tell prosecutors, uh, call them nasty names. And Jack Smith is going to call that to the judge's attention and see if they can get some restrictions. They can't zip him up, but they are going to make sure that all those documents that he gets are in the hands of his lawyers and his lawyers are responsible and not going to let him have them other than to prepare his defense. And Trump has been accustomed to saying and blasting out on social media whatever he wants. Uh, you know, for example, it If you just set out to build an electric car, that's all it will ever be, an electric car. But the Polestar 2 is something more. Every detail designed to be quietly distinctive. Polestar 2, the way electric cars should be. Visit polestar.com to test drive and order today. Uh, you know, for example, it will be wild on January 6th. We all remember that one. Uh, is this a message from the special counsel that that is not going to be tolerated or that, that he is going to ride Trump pretty hard on these social media posts from, from here on forward? I mean, after all, John, Trump is doing this one day after he was arraigned in Washington in federal court on, on arguably the most serious charges he's ever faced. This is a serious case. It's probably the most serious case that the federal judicial system has handled in centuries, if you will. So uh, he's playing fast and loose is not smart. Uh, it could be actually be to his benefit for the special counsel to ride on him. And I think that's what this indicates, that he's going to have a low tolerance for games. And uh, this is a signal. We'll see how the judge reacts to it. And, you know, she may or may not uh, do anything at this point. I think that most important is to get the discovery material in the hands of Trump's defense counsel so they don't have any way to stall the trial. It appears that there have been an exchange of drafts and they couldn't agree upon anything. So they're going right to the court to get that resolved. And is the Department of Justice right um, in, in seeking uh, this protective order? 
uh, that Trump could have a chilling effect by posting these sorts of things? Well, what you want to do is have a fair trial, both for the defendant and for the American public. And the way to distort the fair trial is to put out inflammatory statements to create chaos in, the, in a circus. And I don't think this judge or this prosecutor are going to tolerate that. But we'll not know until the judge reacts to these filings. And, and John, you know, one of the things I, I wanted to ask you about tonight is whether or not uh, Trump could ultimately be successful in dragging these proceedings out. I mean, for example, by putting this post up on social media today, it did trigger this response from the Department of Justice, uh, which is going to have to occupy some of this judge's time. I was talking to a Trump advisor earlier today who was telling me the plan at this point is to get all of these trials delayed until after the general election. And then if he wins, he can make all of this go away. However, and we can talk about that at another time. However, he tries to do that by self-pardoning or putting other people in the Justice Department and so on. Could could that strategy be successful, do you think? You know, I don't think so. I think people know too much about Trump at this stage. Uh, had this been at the outset of his sort of uh, political public career, uh, he might have pulled some of this off. Uh, he had a very nasty civil case for Trump University, which was a big scam and fraud that he just paid off with a $25 million fine uh, to get rid of it. But uh, he was beating that judge up uh, pretty badly until they settled that case quickly uh, once he was elected. So I just don't think, Jim, he can do that uh, because the federal judiciary and, and all the courts are too aware of his modus operandi. And while I have you, uh, I have to ask you about this. Trump's former aide, Stephen Miller, we all know him all too well. Um, he said this about Nixon and Watergate. Let's listen to this. Well, the first and most important thing is to reestablish what is known as the unitary executive. So the, this goes back to uh, the Watergate era. And now we obviously know, looking back on it now, of course, that that was a deep state coup against Richard Nixon. But this goes back to the Watergate era. Yeah, John, your reaction to that? Well, the, the conservatives want a unitary executive uh, when they're in power. They don't want it when the, uh, when the Democrats are in power. So it's a very unique concept. And there's been a lot of academic discussion of this. Uh, and Nixon, no question, was trying to expand presidential powers. Uh, had he had a second term, he was planning a total reorganization. So conservatives sort of picked up where Nixon dropped off because there was about a decade there where the Congress became something of a co-equal with, uh, with the presidency, and uh, Republicans don't like that. All right. Uh, John Dean, uh, thank you very much. We'll continue this conversation, I have a feeling, uh, here in the coming days. Really appreciate it. Thanks yes. for your time. Thanks, Jim. All right. In the meantime, Donald Trump, as we now know, has more indictments than impeachments. And if he's indicted in Georgia, he'll have as many indictments as years spent in the White House. And tonight, as Republicans accuse the Biden administration of weaponizing the Justice Department without evidence, you just saw how Trump is essentially vowing to do exactly that if he's elected again. But perhaps you've noticed how Trump's allies have defended the ex-president's attempts at overthrowing American democracy by claiming he was just exercising his right to free speech. These Trump world figures suddenly sound like champions of the First Amendment.
This is a violation of his right of free speech. This is an attack on free speech and political advocacy. And there's nothing that's more protected under the First Amendment than political speech. You're entitled to question whether it was honest or not. That's the uniqueness of the First Amendment. You even have a right to lie under the First Amendment. It says that you were spreading falsehoods, that you were undermining the integrity of the election. That's all part of the First Amendment. What we have now is an administration that has criminalized the free speech. You don't get to violate people's First Amendment rights, Smith. But hold on. That full-throated defense of the First Amendment flies in the face of Donald Trump's record of undermining these rights. It's worth noting, Trump has long been at war with the First Amendment. Take, for instance, freedom of the press. It's frankly disgusting the way the press is able to write whatever they want to write. As you know, I have a running war with the media. They are among the most dishonest human beings on earth. I called the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. Or freedom of religion. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. You'll recall Trump's travel ban once called for a, quote, total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until the country can figure out what is going on. Courts uh, struck down that ban in part because it was, quote, unconstitutionally tainted with animus toward Islam. Uh, the Supreme Court eventually allowed it, citing the expansive power of presidential authority. Then there is Trump's track record on freedom of assembly. Critics will point to the way the administration tear-gassed and pummeled protesters after the death of George Floyd. His administration also wanted to limit protests near the White House and at the National Mall. Trump and his allies have been quick to attack freedom of speech. Over the years, Trump himself has targeted plenty of his opponents, from individual citizens to whole companies, when he did not agree with their expression of free speech. And he has scoffed at the idea of First Amendment protections. Maybe in certain areas, closing that Internet up in some way. Somebody will say, oh, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. These are foolish people. We have a lot of foolish people. We have a lot of foolish people. So mark this moment in your calendar. Trump and his defenders are all about free speech now, perhaps because his version of the First Amendment is a get-out-of-jail-free card. I want to bring in Congressman Brendan Boyle, a Democrat from Pennsylvania, who says Trump's trial uh, should be televised. Uh, Congressman, uh, I, I suppose uh, this newfound love for the First Amendment, uh, free speech, uh, free press, uh, means we can get cameras in the courtroom uh, for the Trump trial that's coming up in this case. You're roughly... Uh, you're one of roughly three dozen uh, House Democrats who, who sound, uh, signed a letter calling on Trump's trials to be televised to the public, arguing, quote, if the public is to fully accept the outcome, it will be vitally important for it to witness as directly as possible how these trials are conducted. Uh, let's talk about this. Why, why is it so important for you? Uh, I, this will be perhaps, uh, and I know this sounds like hyperbole, but I genuinely believe this will perhaps be the most important criminal trial in American history. So in my view, we need to let the sunshine in. Maybe you've got somewhere to be, work to get done, or it's time for some fun. No matter what gets you there, O'Reilly Auto Parts has a super start battery to get things going. Our professional parts people will help you test, find, or install batteries for nearly any vehicle. Super start, power, performance, and reliability. 
Only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. So in my view, we need to let the sunshine in. We need to do our very best to defeat any sort of conspiracy theories that are going to be spread about what is going on in the court proceedings. And we do know who is the, the chief among those who will be creating a lot of those um, legends and myths about what allegedly happens in that courtroom. The best way to do that is to ensure that we are all able to see exactly what happens in court day after day. I genuinely believe this is in the national interest. But how likely is that to happen? I mean, one of the things that we've uh, often uh, heard about federal judges is, uh, you know, they, they just don't want cameras in the courtroom. At, at the state level, at the uh, county and city level, sure, you can get cameras in all kinds of courtrooms. But at the federal level, it's just unheard of. Practically, is it even possible to make this happen? Uh, well, my understanding is that the door uh, has actually uh, been open a little bit to it in, in certain circumstances. Um, but, you know, my, my point to whatever judges' uh, individual preferences may be, the national interest has to come first. It, if we have the single most important criminal trial in American history and it's behind closed doors, can you imagine the feeding ground on social media and elsewhere of things that are just flat out made up about the trial. Uh, this is deadly serious. We need to make sure we have those cameras in there. Um, those uh, myths, as I say, and legends that may be created on some places of the far right, they may happen anyway, but at least if we have cameras in there, it can offer us some protection against them. Hey, chào mọi người. Chào mừng mọi người quay trở lại với kênh của mình. Hôm nay thì mình sẽ hướng dẫn cho mọi người kênh móc một con vật. Con vật này thì nó đã tuyệt chủng rồi từ, từ rất lâu rồi. Và bây giờ chúng ta chỉ gặp lại chính là trong những bộ phim um, chiếu rạp hoặc là những cái bộ phim mà nói về lịch sử từ rất rất là lâu rồi. Đó là con khủng long như thế này. Đó. Con khủng long này thì mình chỉ sử dụng một màu, đó là màu xanh Và cái dáng của chú khủng long mình móc đó là dáng mà lúc nó khủng, khủng long đang đứng ấy, Đang đứng hoặc là chạy ấy Thì chúng ta sẽ chỉ thấy được một bên chân thôi đó Và đây mọi người có thể thấy phần tay cũng như thế này này Đấy, tay mà nó cầm lên như thế này Đó, và với họa tiết chú khủng long này thì mình sử dụng những mũi móc rất là cơ bản mọi người đều có thể uh, theo móc theo video của mình thì mọi người có thể móc ra một chú khủng long xanh chín như thế này nhé và nếu mà mọi người thích chú khủng long này thì bây giờ chúng ta cùng chuẩn bị những nguyên liệu và dụng cụ cần thiết để có thể móc được uh, chú khủng long này nhé và chúc mọi người sẽ có một sản phẩm thật là đẹp và thật là xinh nhé bây giờ thì chúng ta cùng bắt tay và thực hiện thôi nhé ta cần chuẩn bị những nguyên liệu và dụng cụ sau đây kim móc đầu 2, kéo, kim khâu, đánh dấu và một cột len màu bất kỳ ở đây mình chọn màu xanh nhạt Đầu tiên chúng ta tặng một vòng tròn ma thuật Sau đó móc lên 3 bính Móc vào vòng tròn này hai mũi kép đơn Tiếp theo, hai mũi ngược kép 
rồi đến bốn mũi đơn sau đó đến một mũi nửa kép một mũi kép đơn một mũi kép đôi móc số một mũi đơn ba bính bỏ qua chân đầu tiên móc vào chân thứ hai một mũi trượt chân thứ ba một mũi đơn sau đó móc xuống một mũi ngược kép và một mũi kép đơn trượt vào chân bính thứ ba là mũi trượt sẽ lên ba bính <cười> móc vào chân đó một mũi kép đơn hai chân bên cạnh mỗi chân một mũi kép đơn xoay ngược lại móc vào chân đầu tiên một đơn chân tiếp theo một mũi ngược kép hai chân tiếp mỗi chân một mũi kép đơn chân 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 kép đơn thứ hai này chúng ta móc vào chân đơn thứ ba nhé sau đó lên 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 bính Xoay ngược lại bỏ chân đầu tiên Móc vào hai chân tiếp mỗi chân một mũi trượt Chân tiếp theo chúng ta móc vào hai mũi đơn thuộc đầu chân tiếp theo một mũi đơn chân tiếp theo một mũi ngược kép <cười> sau đó móc vào chân bính này một mũi kép đơn móc vào chân mũi một mũi kép đơn hai chân tiếp mỗi chân một mũi kép đơn cuối cùng hai kép đơn chung chân sau đó lên ba bính <cười> quay ngược lại chúng ta móc vào chân đầu tiên ba kép đơn trên chân trục đầu
tiếp theo móc vào một cách đơn hai chân tiếp mũi chân một cách đơn chân tiếp theo chúng ta sẽ thực hiện hai mũi cách đơn khác chân trụ đầu lên ba bình xoay ngược lại thực hiện vào đầu cụ một mũi kép đơn sau đó hai chân tiếp mỗi chân một mũi kép đơn chân tiếp theo mỗi chân chúng ta thực hiện ba mỗi kép đơn trong chân trụ đầu sau đó móc vào chân bính thứ ba một mũi kép đơn móc vào hai đầu cụm này thêm